Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. La Kupasa. bless you Lord glory to God hallelujah thank you father thank you Jesus thank you Lord welcome again one more time thank you for joining us these are my um, our coordinators for Lamb's wife if you could quickly um, Post on your groups for everyone to join. We're about to start. We've started already. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, we thank you for your food. Give us this day our daily bread, Lord. I know we've been feeding since morning, a little here, a little there. But Lord, we thank you for that which is said before us even right now. In the name of Jesus, that it will nourish our souls, oh God. Not only nourish our souls, but to nourish our bones, nourish our marrows, quicken our flesh, renew our strength, physical strength. In the name of Jesus, cause springs to come upon our steps, O God. Cause our faces to enlighten, Lord, to be full of your glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome, everyone. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we want to dig go right back to faith and fruitfulness hallelujah like i was saying or like i have been saying not i was saying like i have been saying that we have been positioned by the spirit of god for a journey of seven years praise god um as a people i think we've already um encroached into three four months of that seven years if you ask me um from when i perceive that the new season had come upon us we perceive not just myself myself my husband the community um all those who minister along with us there was um, um definite confirmation that we're in a new season the prophets in our midst those who have prophetic gifts um insights into those things of the spirit praise god we're able to agree 
that yes, there's a new season and we didn't quite understand what the new season is. You know, when you hear new season, it is natural for the mind to think naturally, okay? Now, when the mind begins to go naturally, it is the, it is the wisdom of God to bring the mind back from that path and look into the spirit and see exactly what God is saying about the new season. Hallelujah. Um, while we were trusting the Lord, the Lord gave us a scripture in the book of um, Exodus. We labored over that scripture for a while and we're still laboring with it. Hallelujah, because we have not, we have not actually fully drunk from it. It's just been open. And I believe we're still taking out the soil that these wicked Philistines um, used to fill the place. Praise God. Now, while we're, you know, um, trusting the Lord for access to the um, wells of our fathers, the Lord spoke to us again, confirming clearly that we're in a new season with a seven-year timeline measured to us. Hallelujah. It didn't give us seven-year timeline to become uh, the richest men on the earth didn't give us seven year timeline to become the presidents of nations or governors or senators it didn't give us seven year timeline to um, own the biggest houses on the streets in the land it gave us seven years timeline to bring us into the fullness of christ praise god to bring us into the fullness of christ like to say that again to bring us into the fullness of christ say with me fullness of christ say with me fullness of christ now the wonderful thing about the fullness of christ is that everything you need in the natural is provided for in that fullness including contentment and godliness hallelujah i said everything you need for life everything you need in the natural grandma can you hear me you can't hear me Everything you need in the natural. Can you hear me now? Praise God. Can you hear me? Everything you need in the natural is provided for in that fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Um, for about two weeks now, I've been, the, the scripture opened to me concerning Elijah and when he got tired of the earth. Many believers get tired of the earth. Many believers are tired. Many believers, apart from being tired, many believers long for the Lord so much. Their longing for the Lord takes them out of the earth fast. You know, longing to come face to face with the Lord takes them into deep fellowship with God, deep intimacy with God. And as a result of that intimacy, um, as a result of that intimacy, they a lot of times have out-of-body experiences, have divine encounters. And after a while, the, the, the pleasure of living on the earth is worn, is worn out. And the only thing they just want to do is to be with the Lord physically. And God allows for that to happen as quickly as you desire it. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Lebo sakatana bashande de geboro sota kaya nagababa. Mashoko takanderi kapara kapapa sokotana babayandi. Sokatana gababa shikeri gebobo sota. Lupa takanaka papa sokotana babashata. One or two people might um, uphold this meeting spiritually as I'm speaking. One or two of you watching just uphold this meeting. Um, I, watching in other tongues, praying in other tongues, and just sustain the meeting. Keep the flow of what God wants to do with us tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So the fullness of Christ, I said in that fullness of Christ is everything that you need in the natural, praise God. So God measured to us that measurement of that fullness according to each man's ability. Now, all of us have different abilities, okay? Some grow faster than others. Some uh, are slower, praise God. Now, what is important is that you reach the finishing line. And everyone who gets to the finishing line and played by the rules gets the gold cup. That's the difference in our own race. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In, uh, during World Cup or World Olympics, okay, and when people compete in the races, whoever gets to the finishing line first is the owner of the gold cup. But in our eternal race, everyone who gets to the finishing line irrespective of when you got there okay everyone who gets to the finishing line and plays by the rules don't forget in the book of i think it's corinthians that says that whoever runs in a race plays by what by the rules otherwise you'll be what disqualified so there are rules of this game anyone who is striving for mastery has to do it by temperate by temperance yes temperate in all things praise the lord able to play by the rules able to um let me let me go a bit be more practical so that we can identify able to open up inside of us and remove the hidden things of dishonesty remove the, the crookedness of a man natural man that is inside of men praise god and bring them before the Lord, expose them properly before the Lord, not necessarily before men. God has no pleasure in embarrassing us. God has no pleasure in disgracing us. God has no pleasure in washing our dirty linen in public. God wants all the time for us to meet with him privately in the secret place and open up our hearts, open up our weaknesses, open up our inabilities, open up our sins, the things that are besetting us, the things we've been struggling with, praise God. God wants you to come and talk to him about it. He doesn't want us to hide. He doesn't want us to run away from him. He wants us to come to him and discuss these things with him, and he will show us the way out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, from the series of messages, from the, this series we've done so far, we've been able to see that fruitfulness is not the same thing as multiplication. Hallelujah. 
can can grandma turn off her device thank you thank you fruitfulness is not the same thing as multiplication francis please can you take care of that fruitfulness is not the same thing as multiplication multiplication or um yeah multiplication multiply be fruitful and multiply now anyone on the earth can multiply you don't have to be a christian to multiply in the eyes of god anyone on the earth can multiply it's a natural law actually to multiply okay but not everyone can be fruitful because fruitfulness is seen from the eyes of god fruitfulness is judged from the eyes of almighty god hallelujah Praise the Lord. So we've seen that. And one of the things I want us to look at this evening is some of the hindrances to fruitfulness. But before we go to the hindrances to fruitfulness, I want us to read the book of Ezekiel chapter 44. Ezekiel chapter 44. Now, while we're opening to Ezekiel chapter 44, I want to ask if there's anyone that has a question. Anyone that has a question? Um, from some of the things we had discussed in the past along these lines anyone that has a question something you don't understand something you think i misrepresented i'll be happy to address anything you believe i misrepresented or didn't put it out properly the way um, it is written we're still below numbers i'm expecting more numbers than this particularly with lamb's wife joining us from last week these have been our constant numbers before lamb's wife so we should be hitting about 100 with lamb's wife right now hallelujah so anyone with any question anyone any questions thank you jesus sakoba shalababa okay okay is a question from my live audience here. So, what is the question? Okay. John the Baptist. Yes. Yes. To leave our houses and go and live in the wilderness. Hallelujah. Okay, so who heard grandma's question? Grandma is saying that. Animal skin. He was dressed with animal skin. All right. Okay, so let Okay. Can I answer the question now? Okay, thank you. All right, praise the Lord. So um, in the course of these meetings, we have 
since the, since the conference, the last conference we had at the cave, the Watchman conference, we've been, you know, reiterating what God visited us with and the saints he visited us with, the old saints he visited us with. Praise the Lord. Um, he visited us with Kenneth Hagin, with um, um, John the Baptist, and with Moses. Now, incidentally, those were not the only old saints that um, visited. There were other saints that, were, that visited, okay? But I believe that their ministry is not yet active in our midst. The ministries that they commanded, because they were just sitting and watching. Now, these are the men, these are the ones that were active. Um, and I believe I have also explained, for those who are new, I've, I've explained the understanding of having old saints visit you during the meetings, um, just so that people don't get, you know, wonder at if we're headed in the wrong direction or whether this is error or not error. Um, um, saying that John the Baptist visited a meeting. I, I've thought this, but for the purpose of some new people, anyone here who might be confused about that, let me just use two minutes and explain that. Now, if you go to the book of, I'll use just one scripture, and I would like for media to point out the meeting where, take us to the meetings where, post the link so that you can go on um, the platform and listen to the teachings where these things were adequately explained. Right, so in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, we see that the, the, from the book of, from verse 22, he says, but you are come unto Mount Zion. Now, he didn't say you will come unto. He says you are come. You have already arrived, Mount Zion. We are children of Zion. We are citizens of Zion. We dwell in Zion. Praise God. Hallelujah. For you are come unto Mount Zion. Now, the place, this is the description of where you are located, presently located. Hallelujah. And unto the city of the living God. So you are in the city of the living God. Praise God. The heavenly Jerusalem, you are right now located in the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, you are right now located where there are innumerable company of angels. There are innumerable company of angels. The Bible says that the angels of the Lord are round about those who fear him. That the angels of the Lord surround The Bible says he has given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways that we may not dash our foot against the stone. So we see that in our daily lives, we are surrounded by angels. There are angels following us around, angels in our home, angels when we have meetings, angels gather when saints gather. Praise God. Now, they don't gather alone. Hallelujah. Look at the other people. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. You see that? To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. So when we gather the general assembly, sometimes there's a general assembly. You understand what that means? If you went to secondary school, you will know assembly day or morning, or Monday mornings or Wednesday mornings, they ring the bell. It's general assembly. Now there are some other smaller, smaller assemblies, some other smaller, smaller meetings where maybe you have junior students assembly, senior students assembly, but there is a general assembly. Glory to God. Hallelujah to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Who is the firstborn? This is the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the first begotten from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. Begotten means born, to be birthed. 
Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, hallelujah, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all. So we, when we gather also, God is there, not just as God alone, but as the judge, hallelujah. And then he says, we are also gathered to the spirits of just men made perfect, hallelujah. So these are the spirits of men that have departed, that have been perfected. Hallelujah. So having said that, I want to continue with what I was teaching that sometimes when you have meetings and you are teaching a particular thing, maybe you are teaching the life of Enoch, or maybe you are teaching the life of Stephen. Some of the things that might happen, mark my words, watch my words very well. Some of the things that might happen is that God as a witness to what you are teaching, we release the angels of these saints and the spirits of these saints to come into the congregation of where you are. Because first and foremost, when you gather for fellowship, your gathering is not in the physical. Your gathering is in the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So even though we come with our physical bodies, but as soon as the meeting kicks off and the Holy Ghost you know, takes over, we are elevated. We are actually in the presence of God. And the meeting you know, just changes dimension. The meeting is now in the spirit. So if you have people that are gifted with the gifts of discernment of spirit in your midst, praise the Lord, some of the things that they would be seeing are some of those activities happening in the realm of the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. So having said that, so we were visited by John the Baptist, by Kenneth Hagin, and by Moses, representing the three levels of growth, the three levels of maturity and the three levels of growth that the Lord is expecting us to enter into in the next seven years. Now, one of those men is Kenneth Hagin, which is what gave birth to this series of teaching, okay, the Faith Foundation School, because Kenneth Hagin taught faith. Kenneth Hagin was the one that brought the message of faith to the church. Now, even though the church corrupted that message, some people corrupted it, not everyone, and turned into a name it and claim it thing, but that's not what he taught. Read him properly. He taught a life in the spirit. He taught a life dependent on the word of God. He taught how to be healed by the word of God. He taught how to uh, 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 have your needs met by the word of God, how to depend on the word of God to have your needs met. Now, even though he was a man that was gifted with gifts of the spirit, gifts of healing and gifts of faith, and gifts of discernment of spirit, praise God. These three gifts were, were working in his life, the gift of healings, the gift of discernment of spirit, and the gift of faith. But he also operated a faith life by himself. Now, how do we know that? If you read his writings, you will see that in some of his meetings, when there's a healing line, okay? When there's a healing line in some of his meetings and something does, someone does something nasty, someone does something carnal something fleshly now if you're a spirit man if you're a very sensitive minister with the holy ghost you would know that when people move randomly shake chairs make noise it disrupts the atmosphere of the spirit okay now men who walk heavily in the miraculous they usually do not like noise and those things it's either because it it pushes away the atmosphere of the spirit or they themselves are unplugged from the realm of the spirit, either of the two, okay? So um, that what used to happen in Hagen's ministry is that when that happens 
and the healing anointing lifts. That is the gift, operation of the gift lifts. He's not able to pick it. He's not able to discern that that anointing is there. He continues the meeting by faith because he has gathered faith through the word of God, you know, by his experience in wrestling with God's word to be healed. Don't forget he was born with a deformed heart. Don't forget he was bedridden for many months, given up to die by the doctors. All the preachers that they called to pray for him, whenever they came to pray for him, they would tell his family, prepare for his funeral. They would ask him how he wants to be buried. They would ask him how, what kind of funeral service, <laughs> what kind of funeral service he wants, praise God. So this was consistent from when, from the day he was born. When he was born, he was so tiny like a bottle. He was thrown away. He was lifeless. They threw him away. They threw him in the trash. Now his grandma was going to throw away something and saw the baby that was thrown away and saw a flicker of life and was like, oh my God, this child is still alive and picked him up. And that's how he survived. He used to be fed with, with um, syringe. Don't forget at the time, there were no incubators. He was born with a deformed heart. He was born premature. So his survival is miraculous. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this man is a man to listen to. Hey, hey, hey. It's a man to hear what he actually said. So when you are reading Hagin, read beyond the letters. Read the spirit, okay? Look through his letters. Look at his lifestyle. See how he lived. He never gossiped about anyone. He never talked. In fact, he said he raised his children, that his children believed that everyone in church was a saint because not for one day did he bring down any believer before his children. Don't speak evil of any man. I can't boast of that CV. I don't have it. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that was his life. He had a consistent life. He, he had strong discipline. Uh, uh, um, um, he used to drink a lot of Coke. And after a period, he realized that Coke was dominating him. And he looked at the bottle of Coke and he said, I'll game for the rest of my life. And from that day until he died, he never took a sip of Coke again. Now, he said something. He said, that, is it that drinking Coke is a sin? He said, no. He said, but nothing should dominate the life of a believer. Nothing. Nothing should dominate. Nothing should rule a believer's life. Praise God. So I'm saying this thing so that you will understand what God wants us to learn. What God wants us to learn. Praise God. Now, he, he practiced so many other things. There were many other things that he practiced, practiced to come into the knowledge of the things that he had, he thought. Um, consistent with his character was setting time aside to be with the Lord. He used to pastor in, a, in the earlier years of his ministry, and he would just leave his wife and leave his children and move into the parsonage and shut the door. At that time, when we were reading those things, we didn't know anything called shutting, right? We thought we were the ones, we were the ones bringing shutting. He had been practicing it. For years, and he would just he would tell his wife, "Don't call me, don't look for me. No water, no food." He was shut in there for three days, two days at a stretch, three days at a, at a stretch. And when he's there, he would tell you his his story is that he was praying scriptures. He would just open Ephesians one and pray it for three days and three nights, and pray it, for, and he did that consistently for six months, and his understanding of the word changed automatically. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, there was also a time in his life he used to fast and fast and fast. After he, you know, uh, was healed and he became a minister, he used to fast all the time. Fasting was too much. 
And the Lord came to him and told him, he said, if you continue fasting like this, you will kill yourself. He said, there's a proper way to fast. He has a book on that, fasting, common sense of fasting. I think that's the title of the book. And the Lord taught him. Out of that experience he had with the Lord, he began to live a fasted life. So he doesn't eat everything he sees, never eats to fill his stomach, always eats you know, to a certain level of uh, feeding. So he's never over full because at any point in time, there will be a demand of God upon you. And when you are too heavy and too full, you might not be able to function well. Okay, another thing he did a lot was praying in other tongues consistently. And he will talk about when he would take his son to football games and his children are playing football games. He is not just watching them. He is praying in the spirit. So he appeared to me to be a man that prayed in the spirit all the time, made efforts, conscious efforts to be in the spirit all the time. Praise God. Now, beyond all of this, he taught faith in the word of God. That's majorly his teaching. Why do I say that? There were specific things that he said. And one of them is that he spoke to ministers at the time when he was being raised in ministry was a time of the voice of healing in America. Okay. And those were the days of the tents, the big tents. So there were miracles. Jack Cole, A.A. Allen, um, uh, um, Ora Roberts, everybody was doing the tent meetings and miracles were breaking out left, right, and center. There were all kinds of miracles. These, these heavy tents sit tens of thousands of people packed out and incredible miracles were happening. People born with 26 diseases, never walked, never spoken, not seen, dumb, bodies twisted. Things were untwisting right in the presence of people. The miracles were, were, were outstanding, remarkable. Bible calls such miracles, remarkable miracles. Praise God. But he said something. He said he spoke to all his mates, all his colleagues in the healing ministry. And he taught them, never build your ministry on your gifts. Never build your ministry on your gifts. If you build your ministry on your gifts, your ministry will not stand. He said to them, he said, all of you will be long gone and I will still be here. I said, if, he said, if you do not change the pattern of building your ministry and your life and go root it on the word of God. He said, you will be gone quickly. And he said something, he said, long gone. And I, Kenegin, will still be here. And it happened exactly as he said. Now, many of those miracle workers, many of them died of different types of diseases and sicknesses. Why? Because their lives were not anchored on the word. Now, there's a difference between the operation of the gifts and the operation of the word of God. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Say with me, the just shall live by faith. Say it again with me, the just shall live by faith. Now, I want to rephrase these words and say, the just shall live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. This is the manner by which God has written for the just to live. And you are the just man. I am the just man. Praise God. So our lives, our lives must be, should be propelled by that which the word of God is saying. And I want to tell you tonight that the word of God has something to say about every aspect of 
your life, about every aspect of my life. God's word has something to say about it. Hallelujah. God's word, there's instruction in God's word concerning every aspect, every dimension of your life. Hallelujah. So it is your responsibility, my responsibility to find what the word of God is saying and to labor over it, labor over it, fight for it. That's the good fight of faith. That's a fight we've been called to fight, not to fight devils. Okay, not to fight devils. Now, there's a place for casting out devils. There's a place for rebuking Satan, rebuking devils. But there are certain things you can't cast out. There are certain operations you can't cast out. You have to advance in your walk with God through the word of God and overcome them. There are things that are for overcoming. Operations of devils that are for overcoming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So this is one of the things that the Lord wants us to learn as a foundation for our life. How to depend on God's word and all of that for our every, everyday life. So that's why we're teaching foundations. Now, now my mom is asking another person who God uh, used to speak to us at the conference was John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist the ministry of John the Baptist was the ministry of, 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 uh, of baptism, being baptized into um, a calling. Praise God. Separation to your calling. That's just what that, that life means. Okay? He was separated to his purpose for being on the earth. Now, you cannot be separated to your purpose for being on the earth if you're not grounded in God's word. How are you going to get that? Where are you going to get the strength to be sustained in answer to that call? Okay? They asked John the Baptist, who are you? Are you the one who were? He said, no. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I'm not that one. He said, the one that is coming after me, whose shoes I am not worthy to take off his feet. My assignment is to identify him, to point the nation of Israel to him. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. So he was, you know, separated, consecrated to that assignment. And for him to be able to do that job well, it required that he would live where men are. He didn't need worldly wisdom. He didn't need the traditional religious understanding of the priesthood because he was a priest. His father was a priest. His father was Zechariah in the temple. And many priests fought Jesus when he came. <laughs> many priests fought Jesus when he came. Remember the high priest, he was, he was there, rejected him. So he had to be separated from the world. Okay, just like kind of like Moses, when it was time for Moses to answer his call, God had to take him out of, out of the house of Pharaoh, took him out of the land of and sent him to the wilderness, sent him to Miss Midian in the, in the wilderness, the priest of Midian, who would teach him priesthood. He had learned the priesthood of Egypt, which was sorcery and magic. As a child of Pharaoh, he had to learn those things. Praise God. And now it was time for him to learn the priesthood of God Almighty to be able to hear and identify the voice of God when he calls and be able to respond accordingly. Hallelujah. So he went into that. So that's actually what that thing means. It doesn't mean that we should all now leave our natural houses and go and live in the wilderness. 
okay and then go and buy uh, animals animal skin go and buy animal skin and wear or eat only locust and wild honey incidentally that wild honey he he ate, I understand it's, it's, um, it's, um, it's, um, um, dates, dates. Now, don't make this a doctrine now, okay? Yes, dates, D-A-T-E-S, that's what he ate, you know, which was translated as honey um, in the scriptures. Now, that could be right, that could be wrong. It doesn't have anything to do with your salvation, whatever it was. Praise God. Just that like he ate a particular type of food. The children of Israel ate manna in the wilderness for 40 years. Okay? Praise God. Now, it is possible in your consecration, in your consecration, hear me properly, in your consecration, there are certain things that will be measured to you, giving instructions that the Lord will give you on how you should live your life on a daily basis to fulfill your earthly assignment. If you do not obey those instructions fully, you will not be able to fulfill that assignment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes some of these instructions are hard. Okay, so let me give you examples of some of them. It's already 8.46. I couldn't enter my message tonight, but that's fine. Now, let me give you examples of some of them. There was a man that came to Benny Hinn, and he said to Benny Hinn, he said, I'm going to Argentina as a missionary to preach. The Lord is asking me to go to Argentina. And when I get there, when I get to Argentina, they are going to kill me. I will be martyred. And can I, I mean, um, uh, Pastor Benny said, then why are you going? Why do you want to go to Argentina when it has already been revealed to you that you will be killed there? Don't go. He said, when I go, when they kill me, take care of my wife and my family. And he found Benny Hinn's um, rebuke or counsel, very offensive. He said, what do you mean? I have to go. This is my, this is my path. Praise God, this is my path. So in, in actual fact, he went to Argentina and he was killed a few years after he arrived there as a missionary. I've forgotten which part of Argentina he was sent to. Okay? So, um, you and I not built solid by God's word. If we had such a thing and we went to a Benihin to speak to him, to take care of our family, and a Benihin says, why are you going? Don't go. They will keep, why are you saying? No, it's not God's will for you to die. You know what you're going to do? You have been counseled by a man of God that you should not go. So you will go back home and you will answer that call. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to be adequately raised and built up to know that you should not hear the voice of an old prophet. Now, don't forget, Benihin was, I mean, Benihin was not counseling him out of deception. It's just human sympathy. It's like Paul and Agabus. Who is the owner or who owns this belt? The man who owns this belt. This is what the Spirit of God is showing me. That the place where you are going to, they are going to gag you, hand and foot, and they are going to beat you. And they are going, what did Paul say? He said, I am not only willing to be bound, but to lay my life down for this gospel. You see, he has been fully persuaded. But somebody else will hear that and say, God is saying I shouldn't go. 
Why? You didn't come into proper understanding of the course of your destiny. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, in our, in our everyday life, in our day-to-day -day life, to be a John the Baptist, apart from just answering the call, some of the things that God wants us to renounce in our life is the glory of the comfort of this world. Okay? Bible says, let him that marry be as he, as he is not what? Married. Let him that has someone be as he, as he is as, as what? Not having anything. Not attaching your heart and your soul to anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. In our day-to-day -day life, you've seen men of God who wear only one color of dress. Like Brother Sadu. He's a eunuch. He's a eunuch. He refused to marry. And he doesn't. He's not fashionable. He's not like me today. Now, where are tomorrow? If I pick this dress, he'll say, ah, I wore it last week. Not for them. <laughs> not for them. They wear only, they are not identified. They're not interested in your fashion. They're not interested in what is in vogue, what is not in vogue. What does he wear? Yellow, orange apparel. Every single day of his life, the same dress, the same thing. That is, that is, that is, that is, that is locust and wild honey. <laughs> An animal skin. <laughs> that is his animal skin. Praise God. I know another man of God who used to wear only white shirts and a monkey jacket, a funny jacket. These days, I, I think I've seen him wear a bit of blue. <laughs> Francis, you know who I'm talking about, right? I've seen him wear a bit of blue, but he just used to wear only one very funny uh, shirt, white shirt. And um, and the funny jacket, funny, if he has to wear a jacket, it would be a very funny jacket that hangs somewhere here. Praise God. This guy is full of knowledge, the knowledge of the priesthood. It's full of it. Okay. So that's, that's, that's his animal skin, right? He doesn't eat food. When he comes, when you give him food, he won't eat. Recently, I noticed his cheeks. Uh, maybe the season of that consecration is over. I don't know. But recently, I noticed that, you know, he had added quite a bit of weight. I actually teased him the last time I saw him. I traveled and I saw him and I said, oh my God, where are these fleshes coming from? Because he doesn't eat. You give him food, he won't eat. You take food to his hotel room. By the time you come the next day, he's rotten. He's spoiled. He doesn't eat proper food. He could have maybe one spring roll here, one puff puff there, one little drink there, some water, and that's it. Praise the Lord. That's probably his own locust and um, wild honey. Praise the Lord. Now, but there are some others who are allowed to eat anything. Jesus came drinking and eating. He didn't have those instructions. Now you say, are there Nazarenes, Nazarites in our day today? Certainly, yes. I assure you, certainly, yes. Even people that shouldn't cut their hair for a particular season. I know of such people. I know of such people. So, you know, we need to take away our minds from this Old Testament doctrine, New Testament doctrine. God is the same thing and the same requirement, the same demand he places on people then, he's still placing on people now because his dream, his purpose, his focus has not changed. 
still looking for men to be in his image and his, in his likeness. That was his intention from day one when he made Adam. My husband will say that all the time. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is his intention up till today. What is he looking, what does he want to do with men? He wants to dwell in their midst. That's what he's looking for. He wants to be in the midst of men. Tabernacle in the midst of men. He wants men to be his house. He doesn't want brick and stone to be his house. He wants you and I to be his house. That's still his purpose up till now. Praise God. And that's why the Holy Ghost is on the earth. According to Ephesians chapter 2. Is it Ephesians chapter 2? That's right. I think the last verse of Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, glory to God. Yes, Ephesians chapter 2. In whom all, verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also builded together for a habitation of God or for the house of God through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. The dwelling place of God, that's still his purpose up to now. So his purpose, his intention, his desire has not changed. Irrespective of the ages that have changed or the dispensations that have changed. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I think I've answered that question very well. Thank you, Lord. So tonight, I want to just take one thing from what I wanted to share. Hindrances to fruitfulness. What hinders our fruitfulness? Don't forget that we said that fruitfulness is Christ. Is Christ. So whatever I'm doing that, that is not born of God. Bible says whatsoever overcometh the world, not whosoever. Whatsoever that is born of God overcomes the world. An idea that is born of God will overcome the, this world. An instruction, go and do this. Did God instruct you? Yes. As long as it's God who instructed you, it will overcome the world. It would overcome whatever Satan is throwing against it. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I will build my church and what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Being born of God is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness in every single thing, every aspect of my life. God is interested in your children. God is interested in your business. God is interested in your, in your downtime. What I mean downtime, I don't, I don't mean when you are depressed. God is not interested in depression. God wants to get you out of depression. He won't fellowship with you in depression. You drive away the Holy Ghost. His atmosphere is joy. That's where he lives, joy, where there is joy. So when we have broken spirit, when you are always offended, please, I want you to know that what you are doing is you're, you're pushing away the spirit of God. You're pushing away the atmosphere of the spirit. And you're opening doors of attack, doors of oppression to Satan. A broken spirit dries up the bones. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I was going to read Ezekiel chapter 44. Let's read that and then we can, we can close tonight. Ephesians chapter Sorry, not Ephesians, Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 44. 44.
Okay, let me read because. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Coming, I'm looking for the particular verse I want to go to teach them to discern between the clean. Okay, verse 23. Okay. But let me read from verse, verse 15. Just for reading's sake, I won't preach, but just listen. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary, when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to me, and they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary, and they shall come near my table to minister to me, and they shall keep my charge. And it shall be whenever they enter the gates of the inner court, that they shall put on linen garments. Praise God. No wool shall come upon them while they minister within the gates of the inner court or within the house. They shall have linen turbans on their heads, sweating. Wool makes you sweat, right? Fleshly sweat, fleshly struggle. Doing things by the arm of the flesh. It's not for the life of a priest. Glory to God. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. Okay, there it is. Explained. When they go out to the outer court, to the outer court to the people, they shall take off their garments in which they have ministered, leave them in the holy chambers and put on other garments. And in their holy garments, they shall not sanctify the people. They shall neither shave their heads nor let their hair grow long, but they shall keep their hair well trimmed. It's true. So these priests, their instruction was to keep their hair well trimmed. John the Baptist was to wear his own as a, as a dreadlock. Samson was to wear his own as a dreadlock. No resolution should cut the hair. Okay? So these are different instructions. Okay? Praise the Lord. Please, can you put the scripture back on the screen? Thank you. No priest shall drink wine when he enters the inner court. They shall not take as wife a widow or a divorced woman. But take virgins of the descendants of the house of Israel or widows of priests. So they can't just marry anyhow. They couldn't just marry anyhow. They had to marry the widow. If they had to marry a woman who is widowed, it had to be the wife of another priest. Praise God. So they can't marry just any woman that just married anybody, businessman, no, 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 rich man. No, 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 no. It has to be the wife of if a priest, a diseased priest. Okay, or they marry a virgin. They shall teach me. Now, this is actually where I'm going. Verse 23. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy. They shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They shall teach my people. Now, this is the job of the priests. This is the job of a preacher to teach the people what is holy, the difference between what is holy and what is unholy, and to teach the people the difference between the clean and unclean. Now, it would appear that people should naturally know what is holy and what is unholy. It would appear also that people would naturally know what is clean and unclean, but not so. 
Because there are many things that are unclean that appear clean to the normal man. There are many things that are unholy that appear holy to the natural man. Praise God. Now, it is a teaching ministry of the priests. Hallelujah. That will open the eyes of the people or mature the people so the people are able to tell the difference in the course of their life journey in their day-to-day -day choices what is holy and what is unholy praise god what i should do and what i shouldn't do what the lord is not allowing me to do and what is allowing me not to do i i chatted with a young man yesterday and he told me not chatted we're having a meeting and he said he doesn't understand that he paid his tithe the other day and after paying his tithe he began to feel bad with inside so i asked him i said have you always been paying tithe he said yes he's always paid tithe he said but this time around when he paid the tithe it he as he went into his office he began to feel guilty and began to feel a bit sad and that he didn't understand why he was feeling that way i said well what you need to go do is to ask the spirit of god what you were meant to do because you know in the new covenant tithing is not a law neither is tithing a sin okay but it's not a law we are no longer compelled by the law to bring the tithe Incidentally, tithing in the old covenant was not money. Okay? But I'm not teaching on tithing today. I'm not teaching on giving and receiving. I just want to explain something. So, and I shared with him, I said, okay, as a new, new, new Testament believer, as a man who is, uh, the Holy Ghost lives on your inside and you have been purchased. When God purchased you, he purchased everything that you own. He purchased everything about you. He purchased your children okay and he gave you instructions on how to deal with your children he said the first one that opens the matrix belongs to me give me that child i will do anything i like with that child he said if you give me the first child and i sanctify that first child and the first child is holy i assure you the rest will be holy and it is true praise the lord now if you do not see it working in your life and you have obeyed the first instruction you don't see the other instructions at all go back to god in prayer tell him you said this in your word you said if i give you my firstborn and make sure you actually give him your firstborn okay don't give him don't give it to him half-heartedly don't make plans for him that god didn't make for him that's how you give it that's how you give him he might want to be a john the baptist he might want to be a missionary he might want to live a life that is not so appealing praise god don't fight it Okay, praise God, hallelujah. Now, I wish I could start my life afresh. I wish I could go back to the first day I got married with all the wisdom and knowledge I have acquired right now. I wish I could go back. I would have done many things differently. I would have done many things differently. I would have done many, many, many things differently. Praise God. Now, when you do things differently, there is, the results are not the same. Now, even though I think right now I have a good result, my result would have been so much, much better. So much, 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 much more better than what it is right now. Hallelujah. Now, if some of these things that we don't know, had we been taught well then, 
would have been able to discern between the clean and the unclean, between what is holy and what is unholy. There are certain schools, certain children should never go to. It will be unholy for those children to go to such schools. There are certain people, they should never be in their midst. It will be unholy for these children to be in the midst of such people. There are certain people that must never be in your house to mingle with your children. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, it is because of, these are some of the hindrances to fruitfulness, lack of knowledge, ignorance. Because we were not properly taught, adequately taught. So we couldn't discern. And God, all the time, tried to show us these things through dreams. Some of us had specific dreams, but we didn't understand the dreams. The dreams were talking about something else. We were interpreting something else. Why were we interpreting something else? Because we were low in the knowledge of the things of God. So don't play with your time where you are being taught. Don't play with a pure stream teaching ministry. Don't play with it. Okay? You can play with the Jamboree pastors. Those who are teaching Get rich. God wants you to move from paro paro to blah blah blah. Look at me now. The man I was yesterday is not the man I will be tomorrow. Good. That is true. As long as the pursuit is Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So my assignment and the assi your assignment is to look for holy things. Find who will teach you true holiness. Ask God where you should be to learn true holiness. Not to mix the ideologies of this world and the ideologies of Christ. They are different. Oh my God. Where is that scripture? Let no man deceive you. Can we... Can we go to that scripture? Sorry. Yes, Colossians. I want to close from that scripture. Let no man deceive you. Beware, beware, beware. I think it's chapter 2. Colossians in chapter 2. I want to read from verse 8. I want to read it from another translation, not the King James. I want, I want um, Amplified or TP. What translation is this? Amplified, okay. No, no, I don't want Message Bible. Now, those of you that love to read Message Bible, it's good to use to read it after you have read more serious translations. Otherwise, you lose a lot of depth, a lot of things. Okay, it's good. Maybe for children, but as a serious student of the Word of God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't camp with message Bible. You will, you will be a peripheral believer. Sorry? No, I can read Amplified. So I want to read from verse 8. See to it that no man carries you off as spoil. No man carries you off as spoil or makes you yourselves captive. You become 
a captive. You are carried off as a spoil when you become a captive, all right? By his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit. And that vain deceit is described as idle fancies and plain nonsense, okay? Now, what are idle fancies? What are vain deceit? Vain, anything that is vain are things that have no eternal value. That's what God sees as vain. Beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be what? Praised. The fashion of this world passes away. It is vain. Go and look at your grandfather's house 100 years ago and go and look at how, what it looks like today. It has passed away. It has faded. not of value anymore praise the lord okay put that back on the screen thank you okay so vain deceit what does it say it say following human tradition now when you say human tradition you will think of the tradition of your forefathers in the village don't go that far following human tradition says men's ideas of the material world rather than the spiritual world so men have ideologies by which they run this world, operate this world, the educational system, the economic system, the social system, the medical system, all the systems, the economic system, the financial system, the commerce, the trading, the infrastructural developments of this world. The growth of cities, the enlargement of cities. There are ideologies and philosophies tied to these things. Okay, put that, put that back on the screen, please. Thank you. Okay. Men's ideas of material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ, the Messiah. Bible says, beware. Let no man make you, let no pastor, let no religious leader, let no father or mother make you a captive, carry you as a spoil. Look at the words, use of words. You carry, carried away as a spoil. That means you've been defeated. They've conquered you and overcome you. The world system has conquered you and overcome you. During prayers this morning, I was judging specific things. The spirit of this age, the alternative uh, 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 culture that is coming against the young people of this age, the spirit of teenage rebellion is a spirit. When you see it in your house, contend against it, fight it, drive it out of your house. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because those things are cultures, rudimental teachings of this present world that wants to rest on the people. And what normally happens is that when a society accepts certain theorems and certain rudiments, it finds its way into the church. If it's upon the youth, the youth in, in, in that society who are in the church will also bring it in. They bring it in through fashion, they bring it in through music, it will affect the gospel music. The gospel music rhythm will be changing. 
and then you are putting your you are, you are knocking, and then you put Jesus in between, and you think that the Jesus in between has sanctified the song. That's an unholy song. It's not born of God. The rhythms are not born of God. Why do I say that? Bible says that there are many voices in the world, and not each one is without a, read, a meaning. So every drum that is being beaten has a meaning. What is it saying? What is that string of guitar? What is it saying? Leave the words first. Let's go to the roots. Where the sounds and the rhythms are coming from. Hallelujah. So it is the job of the teaching ministry to open our eyes to see these things so that we will not what? Touch the unclean thing. The book of First Corinthians, I think that's First Corinthians chapter 6, right? Say, do not touch the unclean thing. Do not touch the unclean. Thing. Come out from amongst them and be ye separate. And I will receive you, say the Lord. Do not touch the unclean. The unclean thing is not fornication. As a young Christian, I used to think that the unclean thing, anytime you see unclean thing, it means fornication. No, it's beyond fornication. So come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. Now, it is the, these teachings that will teach you what is unclean so that you will not what? Touch it. How do you touch it? By loving it, liking them, okay? Fellowshipping with them, being a part of them, enjoying them. Hallelujah. Can we, can we begin to, 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 to talk to the Lord tonight? Shebarosa katana bayandere shekatuba yala baba suta kanda yidaba. Thank you, Jesus. Masukante likatana babayande. I want you to talk to the Lord tonight. Tell the Lord, I want to be a fruitful tree. I want to be a fruit bearing tree. Take away ignorance from me. Take away ignorance from me. I want to be a fruit bearing tree. I want to bring forth fruit unto righteousness. I want to bring forth fruit, hallelujah, to my Father. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to be a good preacher. That's not my aim. That's not my purpose. I'm telling you the truth. Now, good preaching is good. Teaching people righteousness is good. But me living the life, me, myself, being a fruit-bearing tree, that I will not be a castaway less after preaching to others, is more important to me. Thank you, Jesus. So I put the judgments of God before me daily. I put the judgments of God before me daily. I check my heart's desires. I check my pleasures. I check the things I'm fellowshipping with. I check the times I'm spending in other things compared to the time I'm spending with the things of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, thank you. I ask you to help us, Father. Lord, I ask you to help your children. Help us, oh God. We are here, Lord, because we are hungry. We are here, Lord, because we want to know. We're not despising you. We love you, Lord. We want to please you. We want to be acceptable by you, Father. We ask you to help us, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Masokon Talibaya Baba. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, O oh Father. Hallelujah. I'd like us to break bread tonight. Like us to break bread tonight. Let's break bread. Father, we ask you to bless your bread. Bless this bread. Bless the cup of the new and everlasting covenant. This bread is the flesh of Jesus. This cup is the blood of Jesus. And it is not heresy to say that the flesh is the flesh of the bread is the flesh of Jesus. And the cup, the blood of Jesus. You know why? Jesus said, This is my body broken for you. It was bread that he broke, but he said, This is my body broken for you. He said, Eat all of it. And he lifted up the cup. He said, This is the new and everlasting covenant in my blood. Drink all of it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to eat, eat the flesh of Jesus, drink his blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the communion of your flesh and your blood. Thank you for that which your blood is speaking over us. The power of this new covenant over these people, over your people tonight. Washing us, sanctifying us, separating us, judging darkness, weaknesses, inadequacies in our midst, oh God. Healing our bodies, cleansing us, healing our bodies, restoring peace. To the troubled mind. There's someone here troubled in the mind. In the name of Jesus, I release the peace of God to you. I release the peace of God to you. Thank you, Jesus. Someone is worried. Can I meet up? Can I meet up with these measurements? These things are too high. You can. Kapora, Sakatanda. I want to pray over you right now. Command the strength of God to come upon you. And you will take your journey one step at a time. Thank you, Jesus. Don't forget I said some people grow fast. Some people grow slowly. What is important is that you reach the finishing line. That was my opening message. Get to the finishing line. Take it easy one step at a time. Do not condemn yourself. If you're that person, please, I want you to message me. Direct message me, okay? After this meeting, get in touch with me. Hallelujah. Let's eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I perceive there's a gathering of saints around us. A gathering of saints around us over this meeting. I perceive administration of the Spirit that is coming upon us for the work, for the becoming. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Witnesses of the Spirit. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. If you can, if you are led, spend a bit of time after we are closed and just pray a bit. Okay, just, just pray in the spirit. Just pray a bit. Pray a bit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. 
ask God to bring you into some of these realities. Okay? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's share the grace and fellowship. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of We say surely, hold on, before we say surely, the immersion uh, registration is out for the immersion. If you have children from the age of 12 years in secondary schools and above, please send them the link for immersion. If you're a pastor, if you're an elder, if you're a deacon, you're in a church that have, you know, you have a lot of young people in your church, please, please, please get these things out to your youth group, your teenage church. Let them register for this Holy Ghost camp that we have for young people every year. God bless you. Surely, Hey Regina, good night. Love you. Good night, I can't call everyone's name. We're so many tonight. God bless you. Good night. See you tomorrow, 6 a.m. Good night, Mama. Good night.